Hello, lovely. It's Shauna Lee, and welcome back to the Soul Frequency Show podcast, where we're stepping into the light and raising our frequency together. Each week, we get to return to this sacred space to have conversations about the things we all experience in life, love, health, and career. A space where we, as spiritual beings, having this human experience can amplify our gifts and remember our truth. The title of this episode is Identifying Family Patterns. So certainly after the holidays, it's easy to recognize some of the things that go on in our family systems. Um, There's nothing like getting together with different family members or whether you're on the phone or in person or over Zoom. Um, It's usually a time of year where lots of different things rise to the surface, right? We might have feelings about certain family members, how they communicate, how they don't communicate, all that good stuff. And I think one of the most valuable things that we can learn about is how families influence who we are as people, how patterns in our family system, you know, control the way we see the world and the way we see ourselves. And so I'm fascinated by this work. And our guest today on the show um, has written an incredible book looking into family systems and what we need to know about ourselves in relationship to our families. So today, Judy Wilkins-Smith is joining me on the show. She's a highly regarded organizational, individual, and family patterns expert, a systemic executive coach, trainer, facilitator, thought partner, and leadership conference and motivational speaker. She has 18 years of expertise in assisting high-performance individuals, Fortune 500 executives, and legacy families to end limiting cycles and reframe challenges into lasting breakthroughs and peak performance. Passionate about visionary leadership and positive accelerated global change, Judy uses her ability to understand critical dynamics in personal and organizational systems and the points at which they intersect to create growth and success. As the founder of System Dynamics for Individuals and Organizations, she collaborates with individuals and corporate decision makers to implement, innovate whole systems and design elements ensuring balance, appetite for excellence, passion, and sustained success. She's the author of a new book, which we talk about, Decoding Your Emotional Blueprint, a powerful guide to transformation through disentangling multi-generational patterns. It's an important read, and I'm excited to have her on the show. So with no further ado, Judy Wilkins-Smith. Welcome. I'm so happy to have you on the show today. It is lovely to be with you. You didn't tell me where in the world you are. I am in Southern California. How about you? Nice. I'm in Texas. Oh, beautiful. Well, it's so fun that we can meet in this way over the airwaves and to chat. And from the moment I saw your work and was diving into it, like, I, one of my favorite things to talk about are the patterns and kind of how we, how we construct who we are, right? Who we know ourselves to be, which evolves over time. And so if you can take us back to like kind of your interest and passion with this, like, where did this begin for you? 
Oh, goodness. Um, it didn't begin as interest or passion, honestly. I was busy writing a book um, and some. I needed some research and I stumbled into somebody who was doing some of this and they said, come learn the work and I'll help you with the book. So I went and learned the work and got zero help with the book. But it, that intrigued me. Then I started to realize that there was a whole lot to it that we hadn't seen before. And then I started to realize that we were very literally making the unconscious conscious and the invisible visible. And that appealed. And then I think the, the other different part was I could see how if we knew what the pattern was and resolve it, we could then begin transforming. So the two always sit together. There's a pattern that's trying to be completed and stopped and another one that's trying to start. The one that's trying to be completed is usually multi-generational. The one that's trying to start is the chapter that only you can write. And I was fascinated by that. And tell me, that's so interesting. So why, it, why is it trying to be completed and stopped? Because patterns, if any pattern occurs as the result of an event and the reaction to that event, it creates a mindset, it creates patterns, it creates thoughts, feelings, actions, and those then become the truth. Only it's not the truth, it's your truth, and you can change it anytime you want. But even more interesting is that the event then creates this pattern, and that starts to wind down through generations in every single aspect of our life. Don't waste money, be careful of bad relationships, men are awful, women are dreadful, um, you can't, a love of money is the root of all evil. And it, it's like, okay, but that's not working for me. So something needs to change here. And what we're doing all the time without realizing it is we keep evolving humanity even when we don't mean to. But when you do it consciously, we have a far better outcome and something we can use. Interesting. So, so when we're, let's say, you know, our grandmother believed that and our mother believed that, and it's, and it's, it's almost silently, right. Being passed down by you witnessing their actions and their beliefs and the words that they say. And sometimes it's not even being aware of their words and actions. We know from epigenetics is if there's a strong enough emotional imprint on the system, it becomes the blueprint for generations of it. And that can go three, four, five, six. So you may not be aware of the original, but it's sure flowed down through the others. And suddenly here it is in your hands. And why? Because it's asking you to complete it and let it become wisdom. And so, so that you, you can do something new and become new wisdom. Oh, I love that. So, so when we complete it, and transform it into wisdom. So it's so. What does that look like to complete a I'm pattern? Going to just say, yeah. So bear in mind that completing a pattern in systemic work often means an exclusion has been created or an incompletion. So something happened. We don't talk about it. In fact, I love Encanto because that we don't talk about Bruno song is code for everything in our lives that we don't talk about. So we don't talk about that and it becomes an exclusion. We don't talk about grandfather, he was terrible. Well, now all of a sudden I'm over here and I have the love of my life, but I know what relationships are like, men are terrible. Why? Because there was a terrible man up there. Well, until we give grandfather his place, no other man can come in. They keep subbing in for grandfather and we're going to choose the terrible one anyway. It's when we can give grandfather his place and say to grandmother, that belongs to you, that we've completed. And, we, and often I'll say to people, tell them, this is too big for me. I can't. I can't carry this. 
this isn't mine to carry. And, and they go, oh, you mean I don't have to do it that way? No, you don't have to do it that way. That belonged there. And it was a solution then. But sometimes when we don't complete those, what was a solution then becomes a problem. Interesting. And what does it feel like? So in that example of the grandfather, and so is the completion in that person being able to see this for what it is and to allow like love into their life or to see from a different perspective? Yes, because if love is, is cut off or any kind of flow stops, you want to know, so what caused that? Even if you don't know your history, what in my life caused the stop of flow? And how do I get that to start again? So it's it's very much about what is stopped and what's trying to flow again or what's trying to flow differently. Or if it's always been sad, where was the happiness? Was there ever happiness? Or is it trying to be birthed through you? Yeah. And looking at it from the standpoint of epigenetics, like if let's say that one person in this example was able to understand the relationship with the grandfather, you know what I mean? And that dynamic that got started and then is able to learn from that pattern and then have wisdom with that from an epigenetic standpoint, what happens to that person's children, right? And grandchildren. So, so what happens is they now take on the new emotional DNA because you've now switched it up. That incompletion doesn't exist anymore. Now you can create a new pattern. So let's take a slightly different one. Um, grandmother says uh, to all of her kids, or great-grandmother says, you can't rely on a man. Don't trust a man to, to keep you safe. And that echoes down. And so for three or four generations, it's don't trust a man. They're not allowed in. We're going to divorce them all anyway. But when we go back and look, Great-grandmother said that because great-grandfather went to war and never returned. It wasn't bad man. It was you can't trust that. You've got to be self-sufficient. And we picked up don't trust man. So what we do is we come down and we look at it and you're going, I love this guy, but can't trust a man. Well, if you look at that and you say, great-grandfather, I see you went off to war and yeah, was a bit of a terminal leaving and great grandmother what what you may have been saying was be independent I have a very different message that starts and then I can look at the, the men and not go oh I know you're going to disappear forget it I can't trust you I can look and go you know what men are delicious and welcome <laughs> and now it begins a completely different pattern right right and so would you say that patterns just are, meaning like there might be a pattern in our life that feels constrict, constricting the flow of energy like you describe, but when we create a new pattern that feels positive and loving and it feels like in flow, then it's all patterns, right? But, but we can relate to them in different ways or they can affect our lives in different ways? Absolutely. They can affect us negatively or positively and it's all about choice as well. You know, if you look at two, two people get involved in a car accident, they're both paralyzed from the waist down. One says my life is over and they never get out of the wheelchair and that's the end of that. The other one doesn't get out of the wheelchair but says, you know what, I have purpose. I can go and talk to people about what it's like to be in a wheelchair and how well you can do. And each has made a different choice. Some of that may well be because you have ancestors or, or parents who were more optimistically slanted. So you have a really good positive library, some not, but at all times we're a choice. 
We don't always think we are, but at all times, we're a choice. Yeah, I always say that, that choice is like the number one thing we have in our life. Like it's so powerful, like to shift these patterns and to be able to change, right, your future. Absolutely. And and along with choice is another very important piece. And that is, and we're doing this all day long, the brain tells the body a story the body can believe, and then it becomes the truth. So you're busy and, and you you mess up and somebody says, you're so stupid. You should never have done that. I told you it was dumb. You really, and you beat yourself up. Your body feels that. And now it's the truth. Don't ever do that again, because in this area, you're too stupid. So the brain has told the body a story that the body believes. And this is now your truth. Now look at something else. And you look at, you do something and you go, look what I did. I, I can do this stuff. Wow, look at the outcome I've just made, I've just had. If I do this and this and this, I can take myself there. Again, your brain has told the body a story it can believe. And when you combine that with an elevated emotion, you're on your way. If you combine it with kindness and joy and adventure, it pulls you right past the old patterns and all of the old excuses and into the new path. And so when you're doing this, it can't just be a, a nice idea. It's got to be head, heart, and gut, and it's got to be you want that elevated emotion because it's the juice that takes you there. Yeah. So what is the role? Like, you know, when we talk about this human experience, I mean, one thing that people talk about is emotions, right? We have emotions in this human experience, and it's such a big part of you know, what causes us to take certain actions in life. I mean, people, you know, for the positive or the negative act right. out of these emotional responses. So what is the role of our emotions in our patterns? The emotions are what are going to drive it one way or the other. And the emotions can also be inherited. I'm always depressed. Where did that come from? Mom was depressed. Where did that come from? Grandmother was depressed. And so now it echoes down. And, and I just know that's how it goes in this family. I'm depressed. So you can inherit those emotions. But the minute you look at it and go, you know what? Everybody's been depressed. This is really not working for me. And I really want to go over there and do that. And you have enough weight in that you can then pull beyond the, the original pattern. So that's part of it is building enough weight and enough want around what where it is that you want to be. And in fact, people will often say, and I always go, oh, they come and they say to me, I've been taught not to want. And they look very, they're very happy about that. And I go, and how do you think you're going to evolve? Because if you don't want, you can't move. So my, I always say to people, want a lot. Want as much as you can and go there. Don't just want to want, want and go there. That's so beautiful. Like giving people permission to want things, right? To have that true innate desire for something and not to kind of try to put a cap on it or think it's bad, right? I mean, how much programming and patterns are there around it's bad to want? It's bad to exactly. desire things. Yep. It's a, I had somebody a couple of days ago and um, she said to me, really want to get out of this depression. But you know what happens to me? I do this and this and this, and then I wind up shopping because that makes me happy. Isn't that terrible? And I said to her, no, actually, you've just found the antidote and then you kicked it. If shopping is what makes you happy, find more of what makes you happy and do that. Oh, we're so conditioned to suffer because we think this is sacred 
And we're so conditioned to think of ourselves as limited and small that we go down those rabbit holes very happily and repeat those patterns and feel very saintly and then wonder why we're miserable because we really don't create the lives we want. Yeah. What is in in this journey, obviously, when you're diving into patterns and understanding, you know, how this is all constructed, is there a pattern that you came across like personally as you were learning about this? And I mean, that was really like powerful for you? Yeah. Yeah. One of my favorite ones. So uh, money. I couldn't have made friends with money if I tried. It just flew out the door when we moved here. I mean, it was it was really bad. And I went on a money walk. And as I went on the money walk, I began to realize I'd loved it for a long time. But there was a, you know, money is the root of all evil. And if you, and it's either money or love, either money or family. It was all of this either or, either or, either or. And it took me back to, I, I, I started speaking to money because I really wanted to be friends with it. I began to understand that it was a living, breathing flow. And um, then I, I suddenly realized one of my favorite things for me was, so I go to the casino with my mother-in-law. We're not very wealthy at all. In fact, we didn't have much. And a good win would have been great. Go to the casino, I've got her coins and I've got my coins. And I put three coins in and I hit a jackpot. And I'm like, and then I realized I took the three coins out of her jar. Now, any sane person would have taken the three out of this one and put them in there and not me, because the other thing in our family was honesty over everything. So I walk over to her and I said to her, hey, hit the jackpot, use your coins though, not mine. Here's the jackpot. And she took it. Not shame on her, shame on me. I set it up. Money couldn't get a peep in with me. And I had to really rethink it. And it went back to as a kid. There are these canna lilies and they have these little round seeds. And I remember at about the age of three or four, picking them all up because I realized if I took those all to mom and she planted those, those could all grow different flowers and then we could get more from that and more from that. And so I had that whole sense of flow. And, and then we would see people um, dropping bottles and bottle tops on the side of the road. And in those days, if you turned them in, it was a penny for, for each one. And that was money. And I would go up and down the road. I couldn't wait to go and collect those and turn them in. So I really loved it. And then I started to listen to the metasystemic sentences. In other words, the big global patterns of it's either money or love. It's either money or family. And I started to separate it out. And I had to learn to reintegrate it and, and understand that it is never all. Money is an and. It's not an all. And it's a good friend and it's a good disciplinarian. Ah, that's so, so well said and so poignant. It's a good friend and a good disciplinarian. Oh, yeah. And it will show up for you the way that you tell it to. If you want to show it to show up as scarcity, it goes, okay, I can do that. I can shut the flow off. <laughs> I can do it. You don't want me to be here. I'll go and find somewhere else. My theory is, of course, that at the end of the day, it goes back to the big pie in the sky and it says to God, excuse me, while they're drinking martinis, I thought you said this was a good gig. I mean, I've been spat on, cursed, embezzled, fraudulently used, squizzled away. And God says, oh, didn't I tell you the bit about you will be loved when they learn to see you? 
So good. So beautiful. And, and it's wonderful that you brought up money because I would say there's probably more negative patterns around money in our culture than just, I mean, it's like, it's pervasive, right? Every way, because we're taught, don't be greedy, don't want too much. Only a certain percentage of people can do it. People come to me all the time. I actually do money DNA events. And one of the things they do is they say, I really want to be wealthy. And I go, okay, tell me about money. What are your thoughts around money? Well, you know, it's only people who like cheat and steal who have money and they're greedy and they're not very nice. So I said, oh, so you want to become a liar, a cheat, a thief and not be nice. Well, no. So, But if you hold that mindset, how can it come play with you? Yeah, it's true. And, and it's so fascinating to me how sometimes like the things we desire the most as human beings, we're actually resisting, like you said, and pushing away and blocking and not speaking, you know, kindly of all those things. It's almost like I've already, before I get left out of this circle, I'm going to push the circle away. Exactly that. And so with money, what I have very wealthy clients and they become very wealthy and then they go, oh. But I don't waste it and I'm not greedy and I do give. And I'm like, you've worked and worked and worked to become a friend of money. Now, when it shows up, you want to make it bad and push it out the picture instead of saying to other people, hey, this is a really good ally. You should come play here. It's fun. No, 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 no. We've, we've, as you said, we've striven for it for all of our lives. And when we get it, then we go, uh oh, and we try and push it clean out the way. Why? Next time you want to do that, invite somebody else to learn what you've learned instead and start talking to money as a friend. It's a really good friend. Yeah. And when did this start to like turn around in your life as you start to see these patterns? Like you, you obviously started thinking differently and speaking to yourself differently about it, but what was that like kind of turning point in your life? I think one of the turning, yeah, one of the turning points in my life was when I, somebody asked me if I would um, send in a, a business proposal for a, a executive coaching, because I do a lot of executive coaching. And I said, sure. And this was right at the beginning. So they said, send us in a proposal. Let's have a look. Let's see what you offer and, and what you charge. And the lady comes back to me and she says, um, thank you, but we won't be moving forward. And I said, so feedback? She said, well, yeah, we thought you were a slightly higher grade coach than that. And I said, why? She said, well, you were asking too little. So we we got clear that you're not, not one of those top coaches. And I went, oh, right. <laughs> Didn't do that again. <laughs> went and had a long conversation with money figured out what you should be doing. I mean, the first time somebody after that said to me, would you mind bidding as an executive coach? We do not, I think they said something like, we do not want to pay $120,000 again for a coach, but we are willing to pay slightly less for the year. And I was like, for one year that I'd never heard of that amount. So, and I, luckily I'm straight faced and went, you know, I think I can do better than that. <laughs> went and had a breakdown in the corner afterwards and went, what now? And then started to really get clear with money. So what is your executive coaching work? How are you going to take me into the room with you? Um, and if you don't take me into the room with you, that's fine. Watch yourself flunk. So I began to realize we have to have a conversation before I go in the room, you and I. 
What does this look like? What are we doing? How am I going to give a powerful value add and make it worth the money they're expecting to give me? And so I'm very, very um, clear about that. I know what I'm worth. And I know what I have to do to add value. And I still will sit with it and go, ah, ah. And, I'm, and then money will, will say, okay, so am I going to the corner? Do you want to do this one on your own? I'm like, no, 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 come, let, let's talk. Let's be in a relationship. It's let's so great. It's so great because I think um, this brings up a really important point because I think a lot of times people undervalue what they bring to the table and whatever they're doing in their life, right? It's easy. And especially when something like you're really good at something and it comes kind of naturally for you. Always when it comes naturally, it's, oh, that can't be it. Right. And it can't be worth much because it's so easy for me, like not taking into account like that it's not easy for everybody, right? Like your gift might be so needed in certain areas where people just cannot see, you know, through the forest. And exactly. and it's understanding like that that has inherent worth, right? The gifts that we each have as individuals have this beautiful inherent worth. And I wanted to ask you, because you do executive coaching, like how much do you see patterns like in the life, like in the individual lives and how that translates into like, let's say their business or their corporation. Everywhere, everywhere. That's exactly how I coach. I coach using this work. And so what I do is if somebody's going to work with me, I, I tell them at the get go, all right, I'm going to work with you, but you didn't happen in a vacuum as a leader. You came from somewhere and that's created it. So I'm going to do a deep dive into your family system and a deep dive into your career. And we're going to pull the two together. And then we're going to see what serves and what doesn't serve or what's trying to reframe itself to become a new strength. And so it's it's all the time, all the time. But I want to go back to that other piece because with the valuing, so people say to me, huh? And then I said to them, think of it this way. If you go into the surgeon's office and you say, oh, I have such a pain on my right side. It's awful. It's throbbing. I don't feel good. And he looks and kind of feels around, does the exam. And he says, you know what? I think it's your appendix. Pretty sure I can take care of that. You should be fine in a couple of weeks. We'll we'll see what we've got available. Um, that'll be $5. Are you going to that surgeon? No. Because (laughs) people look at as well very much what are you charging equals how good are you? And it's something for us to be aware of. It's useless ignoring it. It is the way that people think. They know if you earn so much, you must be pretty good at this. And if you want to pitch yourself low, they go, oh, okay, next one, because they want the best of the best. Exactly. And, and we, in an, in a weird way, like it takes a certain amount of like mastery of yourself to get to a point that you hold your value. So it's like in a way that you could probably say the people that really do value what they bring to the table have evidence of that. And they do have a certain value that they assign to that and people resonate with that value. And they never stop providing value. I never get complacent. I do not get complacent ever. I look at the person and I go, what can we add? And it's like Walt Disney said, of course, he's my favorite person. He always plussed. Yes, because you've got to keep adding value. You've got to keep, it's about giving first. 
it's not take first, it's giving first. And so it's it's adding value all the time. It's really important. And yes, you've you've it's it takes courage to say, I am, I can, I do. It really does. It, it we've been also so programmed not to to be humble, which we think means hide your light under a bushel, to not show off, which means nobody gets to know what we can do. You don't have to be a loud mouth to be able to say, I'm capable. But we, we shut that down. So it takes courage. And I always say to people, don't forget the universe tells you very clearly all the time. I can only do with you what you give me. So, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's so great. It's so powerful. And I think, um, you know, in your book, Decoding Your Emotional Blueprint, I think that one of the most important things that I can say about your work and what you're talking about is I think we have to break down these lines between like our personal life and the things that we've been through personally in our history and and then looking separately at our vocation or what we do in the world or our businesses or what we create because those are inextricably, you know, you can only create from the, the patterns, you know what I mean, that you're operating from. And so they will show up everywhere in your life. And I think that Absolutely. holistic... That holistic view is so important because I think it's easy to say, oh, my business isn't working or my job isn't going well. And we see that as separate than when we were 10 years old, the things that happened or the things we went through in our life. And truly to unlock that is to understand your life from the beginning. Really, really. And you do want to look at that because what I've found as well is we prepave. Some people will hit early success and tank. And then they say, well, it's over. No, it's not. You just showed yourself where you were going to go. And it may have been a little early because you didn't have pieces in place. But we do, we definitely prepare. I had a client who, and his is a long and beautiful story. But one of the things he said to me was, I don't like shoes. Because when I was very, very little, I wanted a pair of new shoes because my feet hurt. And my mother said, do you know what it costs your father to put shoes on your feet? And I never asked again. I hate shoes. I said to him, no, you don't. He said, yes, I do. And I said, uh, no, your hating shoes or what you think you hate prepared you for some of this, didn't it? And he went, no. And I said, what is the charity that you fund the most? Tom's Shoes. And he went, oh, my goodness, I never ever. We don't make the connections and they're there. Every single thing that we do, every single thing that we experience, every single thing around us, is there for a reason and a purpose. And even a train wreck has got the gift waiting for you to see it. It's never not in service of you. You've just got to see it. Yeah, so powerful. So please tell us where people can find out more about your beautiful work and definitely your book, Decoding Your Emotional Blueprint, so important. Thank you. So uh, judywilkins-smith.com. And what they'll find there is they'll find the book, They'll find links to my constellations meditations, which takes you through a constellation. And then they'll also find links to the live events because I do live events and those are growing. And in fact, I'm doing one in Orlando at Mickey Mouse World on November the 10th through the 13th. Yeah. 
So beautiful. So beautiful. I love this. It's in the heart and soul of what I have experienced in my life, like through my work of this interconnection between and understanding the patterns. So it's been absolutely wonderful to meet you and connect with you and to have this conversation. I, I can't say enough good. I think you guys should go get this book and dive into it. Understanding these aspects of our life is so important to anything that we're going to create in the world. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Hey, lovely. This is Shauna Lee. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Soul Frequency Show. If you got even one piece of valuable information, head over to Apple Podcasts and share a review with your takeaways. And follow us because we got lots more goodness to come. We are spreading the love far and wide. And you know where to find me over at IG at the Soul Frequency. Until the next time, love. Here's to positive vibes and powerful awakenings.